We need to speak that the word of God out. The word of God is our sword. It's the only it's our only offensive weapon against the enemy, but some of us don't pick up our sword. And it's laying around somewhere. Well, it's time to actually pick it up. It's time to actually use it. That's your offensive weapon against the enemy. The enemy is defeated by the word of God. It is all powerful. It has all authority to defeat the enemy. So we need to use that with authority that we've been given in Christ Jesus. Amen. He's given us all authority on the earth in his name. So we are doing a series called Being an Overcomer. Now, I was just thinking this morning that the world is so happy to label our kids with all sorts of labels, all sorts of issues that label them for life. But let's start labeling ourselves with things like overcomer. How about we label ourselves as an overcomer, as a child of God? And stop carrying our weaknesses around like a badge. Let's carry around the things that God says about you and start believing what God says about you. And then you will be an overcomer on the earth. Instead of letting the world label you, let the word of God label you. Amen? That's a label I want to carry around, not the labels of the world. The labels of the world are to bring you down, but the word of God is to bring you up. You are the head, not the tail. You are the head, not the tail, in Christ Jesus. And so last week, Pastor Ian talked about being an overcomer through the faith that we have in Christ Jesus. We're not an overcomer through our own strength because our own strength is limited, but we are only an overcomer through Christ Jesus, through the hope that we have that he already made a way for us, that he already bought our victory on the cross, so we already know we're on the winning side. We already know we're on the winning side, so, hey, it's all good. So this morning, we're going to unpack a little bit more about how to be an overcomer. We're going to look at the life of King David and the character traits that he had that made him an overcomer, because there was certain characteristic traits in King David's life that he learned how to be an overcomer. And we can learn a lot from him other than the fact that, yes, he was a man and he made big mistakes, but he also overcome a lot of challenges and went on to be known as a man after God's own heart. Don't you want to be known as someone that goes after God's own heart. And so therefore, because he was a man that was after God's own heart, God could trust him. God needs to know that he can trust us. And King David has a bit of a journey. And I don't know if you know this about him, but he was anointed king of Israel very, very young. So he was was anointed even though in his family he was the least. He was cast out as into the, into the field, when the prophet came to find the next king, he was, he was discarded. His father didn't even think he rated a mention until the prophet Samuel said, none of these guys are going to cut it, basically. 
Have you got any more sons? And called David in. See, you might feel like David right now. You might feel like you've been cast aside by your family, but you're not cast aside by God. He sees you. He sees your God-given potential. You may feel that way, but you are not cast aside by God. He sees you. Wherever you are right now, he sees you. So he was probably about 15 at that point. So he was anointed that he was going to be king. How long do you think it took him before he actually took the throne? It was another 15 years. Another 15 years of him running for his life. Running for his life from the king that he was, about, was going to take over from. So we see in that that God was doing a work in him. And it's all in God's timing. And this is a thing. God has to take us through challenges in order to do what he needs to do in us. But a lot of us have been prophesied over. And if the prophecy doesn't come to pass in five minutes, we're over it. Right? Where's God? But the point is, prophecies are about your future. They speak into what you can become, but the rest is up to you. You've actually got to step into it. You've actually got to partner with God. You've got to be faithful in the tough stuff. And so this is what we can learn from King David right here. So the first thing I'm going to say about an overcomer is that David was courageous. He was courageous. He was prepared to face what no one else would face. He was prepared to face it. He was prepared to stand because he knew who his God was. That's the reason who he could stand because he had a relationship with God that enabled him to be courageous. He didn't run away. He faced it head on. I love that about David. He did not run from a fight. He knew that God went before him. We're just going to read from 1 Samuel 1736. So this is at the time when Goliath, the armies are facing each other, the Israelites and the Philistines, and they're facing each other for days. Goliath comes out and he's carrying on yelling out abuse about how he's going to bring down the army. And the Israelites are cowering in the corner because, of course, we need to remember that Goliath was over nine foot tall. All right? So I don't know if you want to go out and face someone over nine foot tall that has been killing people since his, he was a boy. I think that would be a pretty scary thing. But despite that, you would think that one person from that army would have had enough guts. But no, they were all cowering in the corner. And David was a bit over it. Um, So he had gone to visit his brothers on the front line because he was told to take some food. And um, he heard the abuse that was being yelled at against the Israelite army. And he's like, well, I'm not going to take this. I'm not going to take this rubbish. You know, I'm going to do something about it. And his brothers were not very happy with that because they thought he was very prideful. You need to read the the whole story, but it's a... Great story. So we're reading from 1736. This is when he goes to the king and he petitions the king. He says, I'm basically going to take on Goliath. I'm going to take him on. you got this kid 
that says he's going to take on this guy who has been fighting since he was very young. And he's like, nah, I've had enough. I'm taking him on. And he says, your servant killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them since he has defied the armies of the living God. He got mad. He got mad. He got mad at the enemy. I think it's about time we got mad at the enemy and then we might do something, right? You get mad at the enemy, you don't care. You don't care. If you know that God is with you and you, you know that the enemy is causing destruction, then it's about time we got mad. So David got mad and he's like, no, nah, I'm not letting this guy defy the army of, of God. This is not on. So I already know that I've killed the lion and the bear. This is the thing, God prepares you. God prepares you in stages. He doesn't take you to the big battle first. <laughs> he prepares you in the little battles to see if you can handle the little battles and then you go to the next battle and the next battle. And you know that God has been with you before so you have faith to know that he's going to go with you again. So he says this to the king and he says, I'm going to do it, I'm going to go. And so the king obviously questions that for a while but then thinks, okay, you know, what have we got to lose here? What have we got to lose? No one else is going to take him on so we might as well let this David kid, this little kid, why don't, why don't we let him have a go? So there's the whole story about the king was going to give him in his armour but it was not working for David. He was not used to heavy armour so he basically goes with his, with his stones to kill the massive giant. You've got to do it your way. Don't walk in someone else's authority. You've got to gain your own authority. That is you, that only God will give to you. Don't copy other people. David knew who he was and he did it his way. He didn't try to do it any other way. And so we look at this, this part when he comes to the Philistine and look at his courage. And he's in 1 Samuel 17, 46, David says to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of Jehovah of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Jehovah will deliver you into my hand today and I will strike you and take your head from you and give the bodies of the army of the Philistines to the birds of the air today and to the wild beasts of the earth so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and all this multitude shall know that Jehovah does not save with sword and spear for the battle is Jehovah's and he will give you into our hands. What confidence did David have? What confidence did he have knowing who his God was? And he did not care. He was like, I know my God's with me. I know you're going down. You're going down. Bit of smack talk there. <laughs> you're going down. He had no doubt in his mind. He had no doubt in his mind. And this is what we need, need to be like. When God sends us into battle, we need to go knowing that God has sent us. This wasn't about David. He said he wanted all of, all of 
the area to know that God was the God of Israel, had won this battle. So that when we step into these battles, when we step up, when we overcome, we can say, thank you, God, you are with me. This was not about me. It was because God was with me. So his name is lifted up. So we are an overcomer when we have courage. We have courage to stand. We have courage to face these things. We've got to stop running away from battles. Face the battle because Jesus is with you to give you the strength to overcome. David's courage came from knowing God. He had absolute confidence. We can't have confidence if it's only in ourselves. It has to be in God. It's a supernatural confidence that we can have by knowing God, by knowing who he is, by knowing that he's always been there for us before. So the other thing about David is that he was a worshipper. He was a worshipper. He loved to worship. He loved to spend time out in the fields worshipping God, finding that place in God. And that's where his strength came from. His strength came from his worship of God. That needs to be our strength too. We, need to, we can learn from David how to be a worshipper and then that gives us the strength to overcome because we choose to fix our eyes on Jesus and not on our circumstance, because we choose to praise when our circumstance doesn't look too good. There is power in praise. It says in 1 Samuel 16.22, and this is what David got called upon by the King Saul, because King Saul had gone off the track. He was no longer anointed by God. And so he, he had a spirit that came on him that agitated him and he needed relief from that. So he called for David who he knew was anointed and who he knew was a worshipper. And it says here, and Saul said to, sent to Jesse saying, please let David stand before me for he has found favour in my sight. And it happened when the Spirit from God was on Saul and David took a harp and played with his hand and, and there was relief for Saul and it was well with him and the evil spirit departed from him. Because of David's worship, the evil spirit went away. We can overcome through that power of worship because evil spirits don't hang around. Evil spirits don't hang around in the presence of worship. They don't like it. So you can overcome by being a worshipper in your daily life because the atmosphere around you will begin to change because you carry that atmosphere with you wherever you go. That's why King Saul called on David. He knew. He knew there was something about David. He knew there was something different about him. He was an anointed worshipper. He's playing Refresh the King. He was an extravagant worshipper. He didn't care what people thought about him. He didn't care because his priority was his relationship with God. So there's another part where we see this worship come upon King David. 
And it says in 2 Samuel 8.14, and this was when the Ark of the Covenant was being brought into the city where King David was. And it says here, And David danced before Jehovah with all his might, with all his might. And David was girded with a linen ephod. And David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of Jehovah with shouting and with the sound of the ram's horn. And it happened as the ark of Jehovah came to the city of David. Saul's daughter looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before Jehovah and she despised him in her heart. She despised him. There are people that will despise your worship. They will despise it because they have a religious spirit on them. They don't like worship. It threatens them. And so David had a heart after God and he didn't care who saw. He didn't care who saw. He didn't care what, how stupid he looked. He didn't care about being a fool for God. He didn't care about that because he knew that at the very core of his being, his heart beat for his relationship with God. His heart beat for the presence of God. He couldn't live without the presence of God. And that is why he was an overcomer, because he learned from an early age to spend time in the presence of God. And he knew he just, he just had that love after God, and it was just, it was just real. And no one was going to take that away from him. And you know what happened after that was that his wife, God shut her womb because he didn't want the next generation coming from a woman that despised the heart of worship. And he shut her womb after that day. It's pretty serious. <laughs> pretty serious stuff. Don't despise worship. Have a heart after God like David and you will be an overcomer. Others will hate your worship, but it doesn't matter. It's, not, it's, it's about our heart. It's God needs to get to our heart. He needs to know that he has our heart and then he can trust us with the things that he needs us to do. And we can overcome because our heart is after him and it's not after what man thinks. We can't overcome. If we, we're always worrying about what man thinks of us. So David prayed also. Another aspect of David's characteristic was that he was obedient. Through every decision, through every battle, David prayed for direction. He did not step out into any battle or any decision without getting affirmation from God. Do we do the same? Do we stop? When we have a decision down the track, do we stop? Do we listen? Do we bring it to God before we make a decision or we just make the decision anyway and then ask for him to bail us out once we made the decision? David wasn't like that. He brought every decision to God first. Smart, very wise. So he prayed to God before every decision. And if you read through Samuel, 
has quite an interesting read about all the battles that he was taken to, of the mighty men that he gathered along the way, of the caves that he hid in, all the different places that he found himself in, picked up an extra wife along the way, you know, as you do. (laughs) All sorts of adventures would make a good movie, wouldn't it? So many adventures, ups and downs, obstacles, but through every single season, he brought the decision to God. So in 1 Samuel 23 too, this was, this was when they were out at battle and they left their wives and, and, and the rest of the children and everything behind with him and his mighty men. They went everywhere together. And... They were a pretty scary lot, these guys. And they left the families behind. When they came back, they were all gone. So they were, they were out in this battle and they come back and they're all gone. And these guys were about to stone David. <laughs> they're like, well, all our family's gone. We're not very happy about this. So we're going to, you know, we're, getting, we're angry. We're going to take it out on someone, so we're going to take it out on you, David. And David had that moment had a, had a choice to make. He was going to either react or he's going to pray. Right, he's going to pray to God. So he strengthened himself in God. He didn't look about what was going on right then in that moment. He strengthened himself in God and he said, it says, And David asked of Jehovah, saying, Shall I go and shall I strike these Philistines? And Jehovah said to David, go and strike the Philistines and save Keilah. Oh, actually, sorry, this was a different battle. Sorry, this is another battle. And David's men said to him, behold, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more then if we come to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? And David inquired, see, he asks again. David inquires of Jehovah once again, and Jehovah answered him and said, arise, Go down to Keilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hands. So he was questioned. Are you sure about this, David? Are you sure we're supposed to go? He goes, okay, I'm going to ask God again. God said, yes, go. He was sure, so he asked. David had a chance to kill King Saul, who was also pursuing him. Many, many times he had a chance to kill kill the king that was after him, but he refused to because he said he would not touch God's anointed. He did not step outside and do his own thing. He always was obedient because you know why? Full obedience is obedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. So God gives you three things, you do three things. You don't do two. You don't do one. You do three. David knew that, so he asked. So he never did anything that God didn't tell him to. In 1 Samuel 24, 5, it says, this isn't a part where he actually cut off Saul's skirt, so he, he, he had a chance to kill King Saul, but he didn't. But he just cut off Horner. bit naughty. Bit naughty, sort of like, yeah, not quite there, but. And it happened afterward, David's heart struck him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. So he was very, very upset with himself. 
And he said to his men, Far be it from me by Jehovah if I will do this thing to my Lord, Jehovah's anointed, to stretch forth my hand against him since he is the anointed of Jehovah. The time had not yet come to him for him to become king. So he was like, and this is the thing, right? We can actually force our way there. We can force our way there. Okay, God, you've anointed me as king, so I'm going to take it now. If he'd killed King Saul, he could have done that. But he refused to do that. It wasn't, it wasn't the right time. So he didn't take it by force. He didn't make it happen. We need to stop making things happen that are not in God's timing. We need to be patient and wait on him for that time is the right time. So being an overcomer is listening to God's voice and moving when he says move and not taking matters into our own hands. So this is the part when he took, when he was, they did take their families and it says in 1 Samuel 36, and in greatly distressed David to the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people were grieved, each one for his son and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in Jehovah his God and David said to Abathar the priest, Amalek's son, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abathar brought the ephod there to David. And David inquired of Jehovah, saying, Shall I go after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Go, for you shall surely overtake and will without fail recover all. David inquired. Every season, every moment, every bad thing that happened to him, every obstacle, he looked to God. He looked to God for those decisions. And the times that he stepped out, he was repentant. He was repentant for what he had done because he had a heart after God. He knew cutting off the skirt was a very naughty thing to do. And he admitted that before others. Just like he was repentant about his sin with Bathsheba, which you can go and read in your own time because we don't have time to go into that. But he was repentant about that too. And basically in that situation, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Wrong place, wrong time. So just remember that. So through every battle David faced, and there were many, you read through Samuel, there's many, many, many battles. And he was on the run by someone, a king who actually saw him as a son. He actually said to his face that he loved David. And David had a very close relationship with the king's son who loved him as himself. So you can read a bit about Jonathan and David too, how much Jonathan loved David and there was also, I think, probably a bit of a je jealousy from the king because everyone loved David. Everyone loved him. So there was jealousy there as well. So David was an overcomer because he trusted God. He was obedient and he was humble. He was humble. He knew that his victories came from God. He didn't, he didn't try to take the credit. He didn't try to 
you know, say it was him, he always looked to God and he gave that credit to God. So he was humble. It says here in Psalm 51.15, O Jehovah, open my lips and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. God loves a humble heart. He wants you to come with a humble and open and sincere heart to him. That is what he loves above all else. God cannot get to a heart that has pride on it. King Saul had a lot of pride, a lot of pride. So if you read through a lot of the Psalms, you can see the heart of King David coming out. He had a real heart after God and he cried out to God in his moments of despair. He didn't have an easy easy run up to being king, and even after, after being king, he faced a lot of battles even in his own family, even his own son coming after him. So he didn't have an easy life, but he was an overcomer. He was an overcomer. He knew who he was. Because he was humble, God worked through him. Even when he sinned, his heart was able to receive rebuke for his transgression because his heart was soft. Always keep a soft heart before God so that he can actually reach you. This last Psalm, this Psalm 84.10 pretty much sums up David. And he says, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For Jehovah God is a sun and shield. Jehovah will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Jehovah of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Blessed is the man who trusts in you. Jehovah, sorry, David loved the house of God. He loved to be in the presence of God. He's like, don't cast me away from your presence, God. I long to be in your presence. I want to be in your presence. That was his strength. That was his strength in his decision-making, the way that he lived his life, the integrity of his heart. That all came from his relationship with God. That all came from that special sacred place, that ability to worship, the fact that he was obedient. That is the characteristics of an overcomer. These are all the things that we can learn from King David to work on these characteristics and learn to live like King David lived. So he faced many challenges in his lifetime, but he was always an overcomer. And in saying that, obviously, as some of us would be aware, Jesus came from the line of David because he was a worshipper and he was a man after God's own heart. God could trust him. The line of David, uh, the line of Jesus came from a worshipper. So it says here, Psalm 78, 17. 
He also chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfolds. From following the ewes great with young, he brought him to feed Jacob his people and Israel his inheritance. And he led them according to the pureness of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. So he took him out from obscurity, from the sheepfields. He was a nobody, but he was never a nobody to God. And God brought him out to bring him into to be a king because of his pureness of his heart. His pureness of his heart. He was a courageous warrior with a heart for God and he reigned as king for over 40 years. 40 years. Amen. Let's learn from the life of King David this morning. Let's just pray in this place. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that we can have courage this morning because you are with us. Teach us, Lord, to be obedient to what you're calling us to do, to trust you in all things, to have a heart after God, to run after you. Lord, we pray to have a pureness of heart, to be humble in spirit, Lord, that you can use us. We're living in a time right now where we need people like David, courageous, with pureness of heart. And I know that God is speaking to a lot this morning, especially the next generation, that this is their time to rise up, And to remember King David was only a boy, only a young boy when he brought down the giant. God has put that spirit in you too, that courage, that heart after God. And he's calling you right now to step up, step up and face the giant. And he is with you. He's calling you out to call you up. With every eye closed this morning, maybe there's someone in this place right now and you're like, i really like to know this Jesus. I'd like to have that courage in my heart. If that's you this morning and you're like, I really want to know what it's like to have that peace to know what it's like to the presence of God. If that's you this morning and you're like, yes, I want to ask Jesus in my heart this morning, just lift up your hand in this place. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to believe this is a brand new day for you. If that's you, we're going to pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Lord, to you this morning. And if it's just you this morning, you're thinking, you know, I, I need that courage. I need the courage of David. Is that is you right now? You're facing some giants. Let's lift your hand this morning. We're going to pray for courage. Amen. Thank you for that. Amen. Awesome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. We all need, we all need that, don't we? We all need that courage. But that that courage only comes from God. It doesn't come from our own self. 
It comes from our rest and our belief that God is who He says He is. Mighty God, I declare courage over your people this morning. I declare pureness of heart and a love for you. You have called them to overcome in this world. You have called them to overcome in every situation to look to you, in every situation to be directed by your voice. Lord God, I pray from this day forward that they will listen to your voice above all and be directed by your mighty hand, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. 